All right, uh, welcome to another episode of Midnight FPL. It's Wednesday, it's eight o'clock. Man City Everton is about to kick off. Uh, we all had all right weeks. Joel's triple captain didn't quite go to plan, but we're going to look ahead to this game week and then, most importantly, the game week after. Lots of doubles, and also we'll be choosing our England team for the Euros as we begin to get excited uh, for the boys bringing it home in 2021. Um, that, and obviously, is always so, so, so much more. Uh, okay, I'm joined by uh, the beautiful Joel Stanley, who's going to give me his three-word review of his game week, as always. Um, rubbish, triple captain. Sam? That's it. Don't bottle triple captain. That's four words. A hyphen. Triple captain. <laughs> then Joel's only used two. Uh, who are you claiming you would have triple captain? Sterling? No, I didn't use my triple captain this week because I didn't think it was a good move. Also, though, to be fair, like I've I've only reacted off what you said in the introductory part. I don't actually think you like the triple captain didn't go to plan for Joel. Uh, that, I mean, that's that's not bad. You take it. You take a goal from a midfielder, two bonus. Yeah, it's not it's not bad, but. It's only nine more points than someone who actually captained him. Like it's actually not that much. Like obviously it's better than than kind of triple captains I've done in the past. But for 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 the position I'm in, I really wanted it to be huge. Like I wanted it to be like fifteen plus points. Yeah. Um, like you need to. Like it would have been a better idea for you to captain someone who like most people weren't going to captain. Yeah, I didn't think as many people would captain him uh, as they did. I thought people would lean towards the doubles, but Bruno was the most captain, the captain player that week. So, yeah, it didn't go as I, as I wanted, but it wasn't the end of the world, but it was just a bit of a pain. But um, we'd kind of just forget about it and move on. Yeah, let's move on. No one wants to hear your misery. Um, it's not too bad, really, is it? You'll get by. Um, so, overall... Sam, you had a really good week as well, didn't you? Annoyingly. I'm on 86 and I've still got Sterling to come tonight, Captain, and Cancelo. Hopefully they'll be listening to this in like a couple of days' time, thinking what a genius, Captain Sterling. Got a hatch on He didn't do anything in the last game. You got an assist. got an assist, I think. Okay. Okay. Well, Nick Pope had two saves earlier and it reduced it. I think he had three saves and it reduced it down to two. It's devastating. Cry me a river. That's not interesting. <laughs> yeah, no. well. Uh, I bent Martinez this week, so hence why I wanted as many Pope points as possible. Second week in a row, I bent Martinez, and he's got 12 and 9, so don't bench Martinez, is my tip to the listeners. All right, um, we're not, this is such a low energy podcast so far. Want more enthusiasm. Sam, who are you captaining next week? Get excited. Are you going to get Danny Ng? Uh, I reckon Bruno Fernandes just staring me in the face. The thing is, like, it's like I said last week, although he doesn't have a double game week, like, Bruno Fernandes home to Newcastle should should be the right call. But I do have Danny Ings and I do have Patrick Bamford who both got double game weeks. Um, I can't give you an answer, but probably Bamford. Yeah, I reckon I'm going to go Bamford as well. Just because, like, I, I, ex- I actually expect less with Bamford, but I think that makes it a more exciting pick because 
I feel like Fernandez at this point is only going to disappoint. Like you expect so much of him and then he just doesn't do anything. So it's annoying. I know like Newcastle were awful against Chelsea, but United weren't great against West Brom. So they're terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it's, it's not like if United were in really good form, you'd probably lean towards Bruno, but it's, I wonder if Newcastle will put in a performance because they're in a bit of a scrap down at the bottom. So I'm leaning towards Bamford, I think. Yeah, it's Bamford or Ings for me. I mean, I don't own Ings, but if I own Ings. Southampton, who Bamford plays at home, have conceded uh, twice at home to Wolves, three times away to Newcastle, nine times to United, um, three times against Arsenal. I mean, they're in awful form. And Bamford leads, leads score goals for fun. It's Bamford all day. And Bamford is more in a triple captain scenario rather than a whether I captain him. I really? like Bamford in those fixtures. Chim- I won't Chim- triple captain him, but I think he's the n- no doubt in my mind that if you own Bamford, he's the right captain. He's also on yeah, penalties as well. People forget that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Though Danny Ings can fix the way it leads. There's just something great about I'm experience, experiencing it this week, like captaining a player with a double game week. They get a little mm. bit of points in the last game and he's still got a whole game to look forward to and you're starting on 12 points. Yeah. Yeah, not going Gundogan this week. So, yeah, like, if you hadn't fucking banged on about Fernandez and your triple captain, I would have gone Gundogan as well. So gutting. Yeah, yeah. Even I if he's not playing today, you got yeah, 16, Nin- 19. 19. Yeah. Would have got like 51 points or something insane. No. How many? No. no. I'm so no. glad I've got on that bandwagon now as well. Yeah, I know. It's such, but this is a, but this kind of um, comes back to my point about double game week. Like, granted, he did incredibly well in the first game, but if he hadn't done, uh, like Ben Mee, for example, I know if, if, um, uh, Burnley conceded or whatever, so it didn't matter. But just because they have double game weeks, like these players getting injured, is then they're, they're not always guaranteed two games. We see this with like lots of City players getting rested as well. This is why I'm always hesitant of putting the triple captain on double game week players because, as we've seen this um, this week, a lot of them have missed out on actually playing in two games. So um, I would also be hesitant. But I do think Bamford is guaranteed going to start unless he doesn't unless he gets injured. But yeah, I think it's still they're a, playing still Leeds are playing Friday Tuesday as opposed to so Leeds play Friday and then. Whereas Southampton play Saturday, Tuesday, if that's a factor. I mean, it might make a difference that Bamford has that yeah. extra day. Yeah, well, we'll see. But it's annoying me, though. Because, oh, sorry. I was just going to say that I don't know what you guys think, but with Laporte back, Cancelo and Diaz quite... Or even Diaz and Stones. Stones is rested this time, Diaz last time. I don't think he's just going to leave Laporte out. So I think I don't think you can bank on Stones anymore. Yeah, Maybe be. even Diaz. I was thinking if... If I was going to do my wildcard, it would be so tempting to bring in Stones because it's a cheaper version of Diaz, the cheaper version of the City defender. But I just think that they spent so much money on Laporte. He's been such a good player last season and the season before. If anyone, if anyone's going to get the chop, it's going to be Stones. Yeah, I agree. Mm. But even, I mean, even if they do play, like, the thing is, there are loads of doubles coming up and there's no way in which, like, they, they will just play one like they did last time. It just defeats the point of them having a double. Yeah, yeah. Even Cancelo with Walker is still not a guaranteed starter. I know, I know they've like 
Zinchenko's been playing. I know Mendy's back, but he's 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 quite far down the uh, packing order. But it's uh, I'm kind of starting to lean towards just having one City defender again, just because I think this the rotation is more of a issue than it has been. But I'm just going to have to see how the next game week goes. But it's such a pain. There's nothing worse. Than yeah, players. all right. Yeah, it is. I think we. We don't really have too much to say on next game week, really. I'm not that enthused by it. If you, I would say one question people will be asking themselves is, is it worth taking a hit for a player? Or even, is it worth bringing players like Rafinha and Danny Ings for like one week for this double? Or will you just be I would stuck say, with players I would you don't say, want, especially if you're on a wild card? I would say yes, if you've got a wild card. And yeah, yes, for at least uh, maybe one player if you don't. But not like start to think about like taking minus four to bring in like Danny Ings and Rafinha or something. I wouldn't say that. Also, I've had Danny Ings for the last couple of weeks, and like bar that unbelievable goal, he has been pretty shit. I've watched him closely, and he he just looks like he's not that bothered, almost as if he wants to leave, like that sort of attitude. Yeah, well, Southampton have been really poor this season, so. I wouldn't be surprised. But I, I kind of agree. I think if you've got one, if you've got some free transfers, then I would maybe bring in one, either Rafinha or Ings. But I'm not sure I'd make, I wouldn't take any hits because it's not, their fixtures aren't great and they're not necessarily going to be kind of like guaranteed loads of points to justify the minus four. Um, so I think if you want, if you want to bulk up on doubles, I would only use free transfers. Okay, that's fair. I bought in Che Adams this week. Because I thought I'd get ahead and I needed a cheap striker for my bench, and now he's been dropped. So that's just annoying. <laughs> Have you seen how many chances he butchers as well when he plays? It's yeah. Horrific. Yeah. Well, anyway, this is boring. Let's. Look, it's this episode. As dry as it might be, it's going to get so exciting after the break. So, so join us <laughs> for some differentials. All right. Um, part two, differential time. Everyone's favourite part of the programme where you have to programme episode, where you have to choose a player each. And last week, I went Loftus-Cheek, did fuck all. Sam went Lookman, did fuck all. Joel went Dwight Neal, who did slightly more than fuck all. So, here we go in this week, Joel. Uh, well, I just want to say about Dwight McNeil. Um, he got absolutely slated by you guys when I, when I picked him. And he got a nice little uh, eight points. So, um, I think I'll take that. Uh, but this week, um, the player I'm going for, I'm going for Alioski from Leeds. And the reason is I've had him in my team for a bit and he's been a bit average, to be honest. <laughs> That's Part a good reason. Book. Yeah, yeah, no. The first week I brought him in and he scored, and I was like, oh, this is genius. He's going to be great. And then he's been rubbish since. Um, but anyway, my point is if people have bought, doubled up on Burnley defenders, they Granted, Burnley have West Brom at home, so they might want to keep them. But if they want to keep ship out a Burnley defender for a Leeds defender, uh, I think Alioski could be a good swap. Um, and he's got a double. Um, and he gets forward a bit. He's only 4.4. So that is... I don't think he'll do anything special, but I think logically he's a sensible person to bring in if you're um, looking to get rid of some Burnley defenders. But Joe, like... If you want to do the sensible thing, why on God's green earth would you bring an Alioski over Dallas? <laughs> yeah, no, no. Well, also, Dallas... but why would you? 
But Dallas is 4.9 and Arioski is 4.4. But Pascal Struck is 3.9 in starts. So if you're going to go for a budget under Dallas option, why wouldn't you go for the 3.9 defender? Why, why on earth would you give Arioski, who got taken off at 52 minutes, 57 minutes and 55 minutes, 66 minutes, 63 minutes. That's all within the last. So he's clearly like, he always does it. He chops him. That's not, that's not necessarily true. He's played where you that, he played. He's played 90 minutes twice in the last seven game weeks. Yeah, valid. But he, all he needs to get. Why would you pay 0.5 more than Stroke if you want to lead the defender? Why would you even. Only reason I have Dallas is because he's got attacking potential. Leeds can't defend for shit. Alioski has attack potential. He gets far forward than they play. Well. But anyway, <laughs> my point, I think. Leeds player gets far forward. He doesn't get more. Like, it's not like he's like overtaking like Harrison or whatever and like bombing down like towards God. He does a bit. He has, he has done a bit when I've watched him play. But anyway, Sturrick or whatever his name is, he's um, um, Leeds have got loads of injuries at the back. So I just kind of think. Um, He's not necessarily a long-term option. He might be good, good for now. Um, this is what but yeah, but don't have a double next week as well, which is a factor. If you, why would you? Surely people, if they're planning for the double the week after, why would they go for a lead? Surely that's quite short-termist. In it games against Southampton and Wolves, where would do you think they'll keep a clean sheet? That was just my suggestion. You asked me to come up with a differential, and this is the guy I came up with. So <laughs> uh, we can slate it all you want, but. I think it's a good shout. And also, like, all my differentials before have been sick. So, um, you heard it here first, Alioski. Right, Remember the name. Okay. <laughs> yeah, just let that dust settle. I think we should all put a pint on this week's differentials when we go back to a pub for the first time and make it exciting if you back Alioski. And even though you have a double and I don't, I back myself to beat you with Alioski. Beat Alioski. Okay, fine, yeah. I back him. Sam? All right, so um, mine is Takumi Minamino. Um, double game week, obviously, coming up. Um, also, Southampton's fixtures are unreal. Bar Chelsea, actually, that's pretty good as well. But Chelsea, this week, they've then got Leeds, Everton, Sheffield United, Brighton, Burnley, West Brom, Palace. This is a long-term option. Um, and also, I think, like, I didn't know... Minamino was a good player because he just looked kind of shit alongside like Salah and Mane. But since he's gone to Southampton, I've watched um, both Southampton's games because of Danny Ings. And I've sort of wished I had Minamino over Danny Ings. He, he's everywhere. He's always offering an attack. And I think um, he'll get a good few attacking returns for the end of the season. And he got seven points a couple of game weeks ago. So, um, yeah, yeah, he scored, I, scored against Newcastle. Yeah, I quite like Minamino. Okay. He definitely has a lot. He's obviously a good player when because Liverpool signed him. He just needs a bit. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, Liverpool are really good with their recruitment, so I'm sure there's a good player there. Um, the, it's also the, annoying because he's the reason yeah, Adams dropped. But the only thing is, is that Southampton have been so bad recently. So I don't know if like they've just been really poor. So they there. still create even when they're playing poorly. Though I feel like they've got quite. I don't know. Like, yeah, true. The thing with Minamino, any of these players are, is that. Like midfielders, you've got Grealish, Gundogan, Salah, Fernandez, and then you've got like the Son, Sucheks, etc. It's just like you'd rather play six midfielders and lose a like everyone's got enough decent midfielders. If I look at like other positions where we're stuck, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be hard. All right, mine is um, I always go for a Chelsea or Fulham player. Uh, 
partly because I watch most of their games. I've gone with someone with 3.3% ownership at Fancy Legend, Marcus Alonso, 5.7 price, which is quite pricey. But if you watch Chelsea play, the wing-backs get so far forward. Like Hudson Adore is playing as a wing-back, was basically playing as a winger, and Alonso's getting so many chances. He's in the box loads on the end of chances. He'll get the old clean sheet because we've been really solid lately. But he'll get you attacking returns, which is what you want with a premium striker. Sorry, premium defender. He's got 14, 6, 1, 7 at his last four returns since he's come back into the team. And when you're looking, if you're thinking, oh, I don't want a City double up and you want a more exciting option over Diaz or someone, maybe take out Cancelo because of rotation. Uh, Marcus Alonso, double game week next week as well. But obviously risks rotation with Chilwell, but he does look like his first choice left wing back for a while. That's really good. It's a really good idea. Yeah, you did Go say on, you want to play. Well, no, but you did say you wanted um, the differentials had to have doubles. That's why I'm Falioski. And then all of a sudden, you, you wouldn't let out. me have Rafinha. So I was like, what am I going to do here? Go and argue that people should bring in like Oriol Romeo. Like, there's no point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair. fair. But also, Rafinha is worth bringing in. But I feel like a lot of people are kind of, uh, he's on a lot of people's radars at the moment. Louis, can um, I have a question of your um, differential? I think. Um, I think it's such a good differential that um, I think it would almost be worth bringing, it in, bringing him in as a non-differential before he starts getting good because um, he plays so far forward. How long before you consider bringing in Marcus Alonso for the listeners? I am someone who hates my players being rotated and fear that even if he's first choice, Tuchel's already rotating his team constantly because of fitness and because of the Champions League that I fear that Chilwell might play in the Premier League and Marcus Alonso might play those games against Atletico. So that is what would hold me off from actually doing it. Fair enough. If that's the truth, that's a truthful response. But I think he will start against Southampton. So. Yeah, well, he got, he got wrestled against Sheffield, didn't he? But yeah, I, I still, I, the rotation thing just does my head in. There's nothing worse, especially someone that's defended 5.7. Having someone who's kind of expensive not getting game time is like... Even if, even if it's just like once every four weeks, it's still such a pain. So I still think it's a bit of a risk. But it could be a shout if you get him in early. Mm. Okay, all right. That's enough of that. Next up, we're going to be picking our England teams. And then finally, we'll answer questions as well. So that's coming after the England team. But join you later if you are not already bored of us. All right, um, so now we're going to be picking our Euros team. I feel like the Euros are kind of flying under the radar because of the pandemic, but it is Euros this year. The final is in England. It is very exciting. I'm excited. And so for once, England, we actually have spoiled for choice with players that we can pick. We're in the past. You're scrambling around for players. So we put this out to our listeners, if you follow us on Twitter, and put a poll out for every single position. I think we largely agree. Me and Sam had it almost fight on our group chat about Mason Mount. So we got that anger out of the way first. You didn't have to listen to me screaming. <laughs> but it might come to that. Uh, okay, we'll do four through three. So in goal is just Nick Pope, like 89.2% of the vote. I mean, that's just a no-brainer. He's the best goalkeeper. Right back was Trent Alexander-Arnold. We gave an honourable shout-out to James Justin, who might have been higher in the mix but is out injured and probably won't be in the frame of the Euros and centre-backs is an interesting one we went Stones got 70% and then Maguire snuck in with the second slot with 12.9% but it was 
all John Stones. Left back, Luke Shaw, 62.3%. If you said at the beginning of the season that Luke Shaw will be miles ahead as a left back, I'd have said, I don't think that's going to happen, but it has. <laughs> CDM, I did as the next slot. It's kind of like the, the deeper player, but it'll be interesting. If we're going 4 3 3, then we probably say that both the two choices are in here, which are Rice and Henderson. They kind of 40% and 30% of the vote. I think they're quite rightly both probably should be starting. Yeah. If we're playing four at the back, then Cam attacking. So Jack Grealish is currently taking up two positions in our team because I put him on the pole twice. So attacking midfielder and left wing. But if we assume, if we take the next one, then we get like Foden and Grealish or we can go Grealish and Sterling. Then right wing, Jaden Sancho, one by a mile. But again, Sterling might play on the right and that might be a better option. And then Kane is just miles ahead. DCL got no votes. Yeah, I can't believe that. I, assume well, I think there's DCL's class. But... Yeah, I, I think he's... he's... Uh, second in, in line after after Kane, um, but it's just Kane, isn't it? So it's kind of pointless. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so what do we think? Is there anyone we disagree with? If we were to say, so I think I'll get the ball rolling. I think Mason Mount should be in the midfield three with Rice and Henderson. Oh, wait, are we going to start with the midfield, or should we go from the defence? Okay, yeah, you can, Sam, do you want to just do your back five then, okay. as an including keeper? I agree with Pope, obviously. I wouldn't have Trent Alexander-Arnold. His stats for losing the ball were just outrageous. You cannot have someone like that defending. And if, if we are having a back four, defending in a back four, you can't have someone like that defending against any of the decent teams like France or Portugal at all. So that why bring him to the, Euro, to the World Cup? We're trying to win it. We're not trying to... Euro, sorry, we're trying it is to, the Euros. Yeah, the Euros. We're not trying to win it. We're trying to... I mean, we're trying to win it. We're not just trying to like get they just get to a quarter final and then lose to France or whatever because we've got someone who can't defend at right back. All right, Stones and Maguire. Obviously, I agree with that, and sure, I agree with that as well. So yeah, the way they have it, the defense. But if you weren't if you weren't having Trent, who would you have? Rhys James, without a doubt. He's a proper defender, and he gets forward, in my opinion, just as well as Trent Alexander Arnold does. I think he's more selective with his like long balls and crosses as well. With Trent Alexander-Arnold, he's so single-minded. All he's thinking is just whack it into the box, hope it falls to someone. Okay, fine. The quality of the balls are usually quite good, but there just doesn't ever seem to be any like tactical mouse or game reading involved. It's just get the ball whack into the box because that's all you're good at. Yeah, I I agree that um, Trent. Uh, I think he's he's he's. He's being based on his form from last season. I actually think this season he's been pretty poor. But James hasn't started the last couple of games under two for Chelsea. Um, can, I, can, I, can I add to that? that um, I'd have Walker over, um, over all of them because I think he's just pretty experienced and pretty quick and all that. He does have a mistake in him, but I think of Walker more as a right centre-back. So... That's the way I think Southgate, Southgate would play it. So I'm thinking more about who would play at right wing back for this position. Okay. But I think... Yeah. Yeah. If we play a full, Cole Walker's the best right back. And for some reason, Cole Walker doesn't get the credit he deserves. He plays in like a City team that's so solid and can get forward. But for some reason, just he never seems to get that much respect for some reason. Yeah. Reece James class, but if he's not playing, he's not going to be playing for England. So... Yeah. What about Aaron uh, Wan-Bissaka? Nah. Meh. He's all right. He's solid, but I don't know if he, he's the best. But, I don't... Yeah, I, not, you can't get forward well enough. Yeah, yeah. But I, I do think Walker will probably play um, right centre-back 
and then you can have someone slightly more attacking on right wing back, but also Walker should be right back as well. So yeah, anyway, we've said all that already. Um, but I think we all, we all agree on uh, the, the the back four and goalkeeper pretty much. Um, yeah, we don't. But um, centre backs, Stones and other. He's other. Maguire. Joel. What? Stones and who at centre back? Maguire. Oh, Stones, Stones and Maguire. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I just think Maguire is a liability, but he's still probably he's. The thing with defenders at good clubs are they're held to account way more on their mistakes, so it seems like they're worse. So like Mings and Tarkovsky, who are other options, do make errors as well. But Maguire's is just so much more magnified that you think but also, he is. I feel like he's more suited to play in big games when to, to Maguire every game is a lot bigger than it feels to Tarkovsky because so many more people watch him, so many more people scrutinise him. He plays in a lot more big games, so he's necessarily under the microscope a lot more so I just think he's more suited to playing big games in the Euros when it gets to the back end of the competition than someone like Tarkowski would be where the biggest game is like a relegation game against Fulham six thing. I agree I think um, Maguire's mentality is to not concede and to not to lose games but I think teams lower down the league it's like if we lose it's not great, but not the end of the world. If we concede a couple, it's not great, but it's not the end of the world. When Maguire conceding a goal is like a really bad thing. So I just think his mentality is better at taking that to the Euros. But don't get me wrong, yeah. really isn't a lot at all that I like about Harry Maguire. Yeah, yeah. I think he's the best of a uh, average bunch. Yeah. All right, uh, left back, can we just all agree Luke Shaw's playing out of his skin and is better than Saka and Shirtwell for this option? Yeah, Trippier gets an honorary mention because people forget about him because he's at Atletico. Very versatile as well. The only time we read about him is usually he's got a lot of negative press at the moment. Uh, CDM slash centre mid. So, can we just all agree Rice and Henderson are there for playing a 4 3 3? You know what? I, I do always forget about Ward Prowse. I think he's an unbelievable player. He can do everything. I never used to rate him, but you actually can do everything. He is the most talented. Of those four players, Rice, Phillips, Ward-Prowse, Henderson, in my opinion. Also, can you imagine um, Ward-Prowse doing a Trippier-esque free kick in like the yeah. court mm. semi or something like that? Like, kick, it's a goal. Yeah, it's like having it's like the same as having a penalty. Um, he's that kind of like set to score. So I don't know. I don't know if that's too risky. If if that's someone Southgate would consider, but I've never thought about it seriously until I looked at this. And I just mm. think maybe take out Henderson and, or maybe even Rice. Yeah, I'd take out. I think Henderson's invaluable. He's like, as you said about Maguire, he's Champions League winner, Premier League winner, Henderson in a centre mid as a captain. I invaluable. Just see, I just don't see why Ward Prowse can't play where Rice is playing. That's where he plays at the moment for Southampton. He, he wins the ball, he plays the ball beautifully, he can shoot. His, his game awareness is so is impeccable. I just think Ward Prowse is actually a great, great option in there. I, I just um, he's one of those players that can get shouted over, and everyone everyone hypes about like Rice and Henderson and all that. Like, and he um, he captain uh, Yeah, yeah, no, but I just think he'll get forgotten about because he doesn't get no one speaks about him enough. But um, on the pitch, Southgate's not going off what we speak about. Uh, Southgate's played it, puts him in his squad. Also, the set piece point isn't like. It's so valuable, like in big games, if you can get, it's corners, it's like 
the fr- like free kicks you can whip into the box and scoring free kicks. I mean, it's those margins that can win games. And if yeah, we've yeah. got Wall Prowse as the best, then probably one of the best in the world. I'll concede Wall Prowse, but I don't think that will happen. So we've got Rice and Ward Prowse in midfield, or Henderson and Ward Prowse, actually. And then the third person in midfield is Mason Mounts. Then we can move on to left wing. <laughs> I, I think Grealish left wing, personally. Sam wasn't listening, so just let me have a Mason Mount so we can keep going. Uh, I did listen, but I mean, like, the people have spoken 8%, by far the least, the vote for Mason Mount. You know why? Because he's, he is so fucking shit in comparison to the rest of them. Like, they've got so much more ability. They've got better stats. They're more... Uh, just why on earth would you even think about Mason Mount? Why? There's, there's literally... There's no, I cannot, I cannot think of a genuine reason why you think about Mason Mount. He doesn't have the stats and he doesn't have the talent. There is no question that Mason Mount has less talent than, than Madison, Foden, Grealish, than each one of them. There is no question. And above all else, he has worse stats. So I just don't, I don't even understand it. Just because just Frankie Lampard likes him. He's like his prodigy. What actual, like tangible like information do you have to give to give me i think me i think i could shout at sam i could but the thing is is but this if you, is that listening if you ask, can i make my point sam you've done yours sam you've done yours if you if anyone's listening to the podcast and watches chelsea play you know how good mason mountain is if you don't watch chelsea play and you go off stats like sam's going you will say he's not good anybody who watches mason mount and watches chelsea play knows just how good he is you know, it's just how good he's a centre mid, especially in a 4 3 3, the way how hard he works, how good he is at getting it forward, first pass forward. It's going to be so important for those wingers. You don't want people who dally on the ball loads. Grealish in midfield, when he plays for England, if you watch him, he takes too many touches. And when you play at high level international football, the reason Southgate likes him, Lampard likes him, now Tuchel as well, another new manager who likes him because he's quality. It's because he plays quickly and he can play in centre midfield and he can move the ball so rapidly and he works his fucking arse off. You're and these guys aren't going to do that. He has experience playing in the Champions League. He, got, he played every single week for a team that came top four, came through the Champions League and got to the FA Cup final. What were all the others doing last season? Foden playing in Carabao Cup occasionally. You're not responding to what I said. Um, what I said is that um, Mount isn't as good a player as the other three. I'm not saying he isn't. He's a better centre mid. He's a great player. He's I a better centre mid. I watched Chelsea. The question. He's a great player, and um, he's not as talented. He doesn't get the stats of the other players. He's he's just he's just not. He's not. And the reality, you're judging Grealish on his first two games in England show, when you're obviously going to be pretty nervous. And in those two games that Mount, Mason Mount featured in, he got man of the match in both of them and created like an absolutely sumptuous flick that everyone is replaying over and over again. And you're talking I'm about saying Grealish should play. No one even noticed him playing. Like Mount scored the winner in the Mount, Mount scored the man of the match against Belgium. People remember won, that so. game for Jack Grealish's performance, not for Mason Mount. Like I genuinely like I forgot that that goal happened. I forgot that Mason Mount played. Like this your is ignorance isn't an argument. And also, Sam, you're ignoring my point. Grealish should play left wing. People are going to you and think people are going to listen to you and think you're such a plank for saying that Mason Mount is better than Grealish. <laughs> I'm not. I've never said those words. I'm saying Mason Mount's better centre mid, which is what we're looking for in a high-level game. It's not FIFA, Sam. You can't just go, yeah, let's play Foden and Grealish. You play all high-spirited players. You need to play a balanced team. Grealish at left wing, Sterling on the right, and Mason Mount in midfield. That's our best team with Kane up front. You can't play Mason Mount in the base of midfield. You can't do that. I'm not playing in the base. I'm saying you play whatever. Warpress, I don't think so. Henderson, Rice, Mount, Grealish left, 
Sterling, right, Kane so, up front. So no brainer. We're not talking about central midfielders. We're talking about attacking midfielders. So Greenwich, Foden, and Madison are all undoubtedly better than Mount at that. Like that's what Madison does on a daily with Vardy. And you're trying to tell me that Mount, who scores no goals, gets no assists, is a better attacking midfielder. Does than he score no goals and get no assists, or are you just exaggerating massively? Look it up right now. I reckon he's got three assists this season. Uh, I mean, as I said, that's not the way Mason Mount plays. I'm pretty sure how goals in his Premier League career. Madison has three Wait. less than that this season. 24 games. Wait, Mason Mount has five assists and three goals this season. Oh, you know what? That'll, that'll work. That'll work from centre mid. That'll work from centre mid. Like from my centre For a cam. Except we've got Madison who plays that position at a cam and has scored seven goals this season. Madison's lazy. Okay, but like, James Madison, one has a back. James Madison isn't playing centre mid in an England team. He just won't. He won't against France. He won't be able to stock up. He can play Cam for Leicester City. That's that's his level. Mason Mount's played in Champions League uh, yeah. last sixteen okay. games. You can say that all you like. He's played in Champions League and got knocked out pretty early in those competitions. Like, well done. He was also playing for Derby two seasons ago in the Championship. Didn't even get promoted. Like, what is so great about Mason Mount? He's getting knocked out of this big, these big competitions. He's not doing well in the league. And somehow that, that makes him a good player because he's experienced it. Because he's quality. Okay, Sam. Oh, yeah, okay. We'll me go and you with... disagree. Joel, you're the final vote. 4-3-3, who would be your midfielder? Mason Mount all day long. You're with the eight best guys. The best player in the world, Mason Mount. Okay, so in which case, I'll give you Ward Prowse. So you get Rice, Henderson, Ward Prowse in front three. Are you going Sancho? Or are you going Sterling on the basis we're going Grealish on the left? This is the thing. The idea that Mason Mount's in the team over like Rashford. Uh, Rashford, Sterling. Rashford's been appalling this year. Harvey Barnes. Harvey Barnes. How can you justify Mount over Harvey Barnes? Like, based on performance? Absolutely. They're completely different players, Sam. (laughs) Yes, but but that's not the point. If Mount is in there, he's taking Barnes' place because Grealish necessarily has to be on the team. But Grealish isn't. Grealish can't. You don't understand. (laughs) It's not FIFA. Are you, are, you say, are you saying that because um, Dean Smith experimented last season and tried Grealish on the left for the first time in his career, this suddenly makes him not a cam and like completely like... I'm not saying a cam, Sam. We're saying a 4-2-3. It's what England play. We've never played a 4-2-3-1 before. England haven't played a 4-2-3-1 before. Yeah, but you could play a 4-3-3 with Grealish in a, in a midfield three if you've also got Rice and Henderson or, or Ward-Prowse and Henderson. Best wrap it up, lads. Let's wrap it up. Uh, we, there's nothing. We don't want to. We don't want any tears. <laughs> okay. So, look. I don't know because I'm not, every time I list it, Sam's just going to argue. Let's just agree that Kane's in there that we can agree on, and just leave on that note. We're never going to agree on the rest of it. Uh, Sancho versus Sterling is an interesting debate, but I don't. I haven't watched enough Sancho to make it decide what the team should be. Which is kind of okay. So uh, enough shouting. None of you are interested. So. From the team you guys voted, the changes we'd make would be we'd agree with your back four. I mean, we, actually, we might go Cole Walker, but we can we could accept Trent because he, he might well get better between now and then. Stones and Maguire, Shaw, Rice and Henderson. We might go, we're going to go Henderson, Wall Prowse because Sam loves Wall Prowse. And then we're going to go Mountain midfield, Jack Grealish on the left, Sterling on the right, and Harry Kane up front. Sam's had to concede Mason Mount. It's killing him. He's grinning, but he doesn't want to start arguing again. He wants to go back and watching City and his captain blanking. So we're going to finish off 
I'm going to tempt fate here when starting scores um, with your questions. We got a few questions in. We got three questions from one person. It's grateful. We'll start off though with Snake FPL. He says, "Should we consider?" Uh, yeah, we covered this a bit last time, but should we consider Team Over Back in our teams could be a big differential. Twenty-one points in his last three games. Some great pictures ahead. Would you guys hop on now or wait a few? So they've got a double next week, so it could be a good option. Sam? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Even think, I don't even think I'll waste my time explaining it. To be honest, like it's just obviously a no. So. I said earlier when I'm talking about Mason Mount, does Sam watch Chelsea? Because if you watched Chelsea play in the last two games, you'd be like, yeah, yeah, definitely I consider it. You wouldn't be so narrow-minded because you'd be like, he's getting loads of good opportunities and looks really good. So, yeah, I will consider him. But if you don't watch him, I can see why you'd say no. What you're saying is that you would consider spending nine mil on a striker who never scores a goal. Might get the occasion. He scored scored last week, didn't he? He scored in the last game, didn't he? Did he? Yeah, he scored. to come to this podcast and then give strong opinions. Did you see that goal? That was yeah, they all count they all count. race of a goal. The idea that you're saying, oh, that means he's informing you should spend nine mil to bring him into your teams. What mm-hmm. is, who is he going to be in your team ahead of? Who? In midfield, those, those players that you need for a lot. Dominic Calvert-Lewin. You think Werner oh. should be in your team over Dominic Calvert-Lewin? I'd the, rather have Werner than Danny Ings. This. this is such poor advice. Okay. So Timo Werner, who's scored 78 goals for Leipzig in 127 games. Sam saw him, saw a montage probably once of him missing a few chances. So let's just discount him altogether. Just throw him in the bin because he started a bit poorly. Fair, fair enough. All right. I, I reckon all the listeners should bring in Pele because he scored 800 goals about 50 years ago. <laughs> then, last season. Literally then, last season. All right. You should bring in Pele. <laughs> okay, Sam last week said he should bring Martial over Werner and then Werner scored and he didn't get a warden assist but he should have done. Unbelievable play. If you watch Sam, you'd see it. Skins his man, cuts it back. Olivier Giroud, slots at home. I think Sam does raise... Uh... Yeah, but, yeah, his point is right that Werner is not... You, with the amount of players that are out there, you don't need to spend nine minutes on Timo Werner. <laughs> but I don't need to do it so aggressively. No, but I, I also think if you if you want to kind of get on the bandwagon early and because Timo Werner could become this player that then everyone ships in. He's only owned by like 11.8% at the moment. If you want to get like ahead of everyone, then it could be a risk if you want to kind of bring him in early. But it might kind of be detrimental to the rest of your squad. But um, I think, um, I think like Snake FPL is a... Huh? Just, you might be detrimental. I think, yeah. The issue is, is you would... Do you want to overcame? No. You know what? You two were, uh, no, were literally arguing with me that Werner has been more of a flop than Havertz. Like, maybe like a month ago, you two were shouting at me that Werner was more of a flop than Havertz. And like four weeks later, about a goal in between that, you're saying like he's now worth nine mil for your fantasy sides? But Werner was playing weak. My point to- with Werner versus Havertz was that Werner had had the game time to be like, Whereas Havertz has been so in and out of the team, it's harder to form a judgment. I also think if you want to bring in Havertz, bring him in. He could be a good shout. Well, bring in Havertz. I wouldn't. Joy, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, not Havertz. Uh, Werner. If you want to bring in Werner, bring him in. But I wouldn't advise people to. But if you're thinking about it, like why not do it? It could. Also, yeah. Why not? Exactly. Uh, also, strikers, I think, are also hit and miss. It's just whether you want to spend nine. Uh, 
Next question, we'll go for one of uh, FPL Ballot Box's questions of his four. We'll start off with, are any of you using a world card this game week? Because that's an easy one. Sam, you were the most tempted. Uh, no, because I think my team looks right for next week. Not a lot of people have got a Leeds double up and I've also got Ings. So a few players in there that got double game week, it wouldn't make a lot of sense to use my wild card this week. But if you don't, if you want to set yourself up for a bench boost or your team's mess, go for it. So conclusion is you can't, can't use your bench boost in your wild card. So if anyone doesn't know that, it's the week. If your team isn't ready and you want to bench boost and you've got that bench boost, set it up beautifully for next week because you can have a hell of a game week if we cancellations go all the fixtures go how we think they are because you could get 15 really good players playing twice that's 30 players playing in a game week and you could go huge yeah i guess what they we're hoping they announce the um the fixtures maybe tomorrow or before the deadline for next week so yeah they will i think tomorrow is what people are speculating so there could be if uh, before the next deadline you could get a hench a double game week team in and then play bench boost 26 which is probably what I would, I would probably what I'm thinking of doing to be honest I'm I've been gearing my team up for this based on predictions and fixtures so I've actually ended up with a team where so like West Ham won't have one for sure so you want to get ship West Ham assets um Leeds won't have one um but they do have a good fixture so I think it's fine but yeah take a look out for that and then build your team accordingly but we probably won't but we might is the short answer. Next question is from FPL Bricktop. Ooh, that's new. I don't think he's asked before. Uh, nice to meet you, FPL Bricktop. Uh, your first, his question is, how long can we expect Straw... I can't say his name. Do you want to say it, Sam? Pascal Straw? Straw? Yeah. Smashed it. To be in Leeds team four, and he's is he an option over Dallas until uh, blank game week 29? Uh, I would say, like, well, the reason I have Stuart Dallas isn't because Leeds are famously great defending. It's just because like he's a midfielder and he's likely to score goals. So like I wouldn't I wouldn't think I'll bring in Strauch. Who's he's three point nine though, Sam is the point. So he's a facilitator. I, I understand the point, but it's just like he's never going to get a goal. He's never going to get a clean sheet. Like he might be cheap, but he's his heading shot. Have you watched Leeds play in the last two games? He he could have scored a hat trick. Uh, the game before Arsenal, and he scored against Arsenal. He gets on the end of every header at every corner. So I think he does I, actually. That's a goal for it. I think he's worth if you've got the transfers, you could bring him in for Mitchell, just because or, or an equivalent player. Like oh yeah, him. that's a good shout. If you have kind of like a cheap option, he could then become the cheap option, which um, kind of gives depth to your defenders, but allows you to put funds in the other four, um, because. Yeah, so it might be worth having him as your cheap option, um, which you don't necessarily have to start every game, but just having him in your team to kind of mean that you can fund uh, more expensive players in the rest of the defence. Like Marcus Alonso. Um, all right, so our answer to that is we don't really know, but he's 3.9 and he gets headers and he's in... If he's playing, if anyone's playing and they're priced that cheaply, you want them and you, they're a good option to have. Um, has any of you watched Sunderland Till I Die? Because I have. <laughs> no. Is, is Josh Madger a legend or a traitor? I'll cover that one then. He basically leaves, he, his contract's running out and he kind of just suddenly leaves Bordeaux. But I wouldn't say he's a traitor. He's better than a League One club and he did, he scored loads of goals in the first half of the season. And yeah. 
uh, like the Fulham, the Sunderland like owners and the people who take over come across so poorly in that that I think they're probably in the wrong. Next question is, it's an interesting one, and I don't know what the answer is. Are there any players who you've not bought in the season due to club loyalty, e.g., avoiding Spurs players because you're a Chelsea, uh, Chelsea fan? Uh, I I do I do that in a way like I just don't like um, if I can avoid it I don't like um, having players playing against the team that I support or like captaining players who are playing against my team but it's quite difficult as a Fulham fan is what I'd say. I kind of mine's kind of the opposite. I think I definitely have a play, like you like as a Chelsea fan obviously Chelsea's competition is like other top six teams but in fantasy football you have to have players from the, the, the top six um but I hate it I hate kind of like I remember I captained Bruno against Brighton you know where he scored that penalty in the last last second and I remember like celebrating Bruno scoring that penalty because I captained him and I was like what like to me that just doesn't make sense because at the end of the day like what have I become yeah, yeah, exactly. But I don't want United doing well because it's bad for Chelsea, but because of fancy football, it makes me want rival players to do well. But I don't think I have the. I'm, I'm probably not a good enough good enough fan to kind of like um, not have players in my team because of club loyalties. But I'm still rubbish at fancy, so it doesn't make much difference. Yeah, I I don't do it. I've got. On this topic, I've got a mate who's a Chelsea fan. Look, we go to a lot of games uh, together, home and away. And he's decided to build a team that he actually wants to get behind. So his team is, because he's a Chelsea fan, he's got, it's all meant to be ex-Chelsea and Chelsea. So he's got Gary Cahill, Marcus Alonso, and he's got Ola Aina, who got 19 points this week, which is a great shout. And he's got Loftus-Cheek captain, Hudson-Odoi, Bertram Chorrigs used to play for us, uh, Mo Salah, Kevin De Bruyne, Timo Werner, Patrick Bamford, Ryan Bertrand. So he's just... Built an entire team of uh, Chelsea alumni. <laughs> oh, so that sounds like a half decent team, to be fair. Well, that's the thing. It's because you've got De Bruyne or Salah, and then when they had Lukaku as well, I mean, you could have done it. But, I mean, when you have to be, you don't want a few of those in there. like Bertrand Get Oriol Romeo in there as well. Mm. But, yeah, I don't follow that. I also find that if I've got Chelsea players, it's all, like, I don't sound to get the same like, look when it's just like the double one. I mean, I have Reese. James and Chilwell at a point, both of them. And when we can see it, it's just anger on so many levels. And it's just not, not, not nice. Yeah. yeah. Right. Next question. I can see Sam getting impatient. He wants to go home. Well, he is home, but <laughs> wants to stop doing this. Uh, oh, this is an interesting question. A thinker. Best English FPL asset that won't be at the Euros. That won't be at the Euros. You're saying, we'll, we'll say James Justin's injured. And it's definitely Bamford. Yeah, maybe that's not interesting. Well, maybe Bamford might sneak into the Euros. He probably won't. No, he won't. I don't think he will. Ollie Watkins? Yeah, Ollie Watkins. What about Greenwood? One. I think he might go. He might go and he gets no points. So. Yeah, yeah, but I... Well, yeah, maybe FPL assets are different, but... Um, I would have thought, yeah, I think Ollie Watkins is a good shout. I would have thought Bamford would go. He hasn't been in a single England squad, has he? Oh, Jamie Vardy. He's, he's retired. Oh, yeah, that's the answer. Because he's... Yeah. Joel, you just always nail it. Um, on that note, uh, I'm going to let Sam leave. Uh, 
go and watch Raheem Sterling bring bring home the goodies. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll be back again next Monday as we look ahead to the doubles. Bye. Bye. Bye.